You're listening to Voices of Family, a monthly podcast series from the BC Council for Families. Each month, we bring you thought-provoking discussions with notable figures and frontline workers in the family service community. Voices of Family takes you inside family services to hear what's new and on the horizon, making life better for BC families. We're here in Abbotsford to speak with three folks who have been involved with uh, the New Beginnings Young Parent Program for a while and also the Abbey Dads Father Support Program that is running uh, out of the same location. And uh, we're here, this is David Sheftel from the BC Council for Families, to ask some questions and to get some some background on, uh, especially on the evaluation project Morning, I'm Jeff McLean, and I'm one of the father support workers here at Abbey Dads. I am Louise Smith. I supervise um, Abbey Dads, and we're part of Abbotsford Community Services. Great. Uh, Ed Friesen, the other father support worker at Abbey Dads. So maybe if we could just start with with um, with asking about uh, the, the Dads program, particularly in Abbotsford. Uh, I know that uh, it was back in '95 that. Dad started to be to be integrated into um, into the program here at the, the school, uh, and it was pretty new at that point uh, for for dads to be welcomed into a, a young parent program. Can you give us some some background on on where that came from, what the sort of the seed of, of that was, and, and how it's really evolved to what it is now? Sure. Uh, this is Jeff speaking. A few years prior to 95, New Beginnings, the Young Parent Program itself began and uh, they began to see some really neat successes with the moms coming to, to school and their confidence rising and then feeling better, just more uh, able to handle family situations. And uh, then they began to notice a bit of a, an offshoot of that. They began to see some violence in the home uh, you know, between mom and, and her partner. And they began to see, uh, you know, these congregations of, of dads outside of the daycare dropping off, feeling, you know, kind of out of place. And uh, they thought, I wonder, wonder what this is all about. Where is this, this violence coming from? And, and the, the kind of the dads trying to assert this control. And, and uh, they decided to do a, a, a shoot for some, you know, six-month pilot funding. And they got six months of funding and uh, began to put some, some things together for, for dads and it was simple at first and they weren't really sure what was needed but uh, what they found is that uh, some of that violence and that control and, and the things that were happening as mom began to feel better about herself began to subside and it was, it was almost as if uh, as mom is climbing up that ladder feeling better about herself and her self-esteem growing um, Dad didn't feel like he had to grab onto her and pull her back down to his level. He felt like he was kind of climbing the ladder alongside of her. And uh, that's how uh, Abby Dads was born. And uh, can you just talk a little bit about sort of some of the challenges that, that it faced to begin with? What, uh, what were some of the things that, were, that, that needed to be overcome to, for it to be successful? Uh, some of the initial challenges were, were around recruitment, getting guys through the door, building trust. Um, it seemed like there was a, it was a different ball game when you were 
dealing with uh, dads and uh, there was there was a lot more legwork to be done in order to gain their trust, gain their respect. Um, learning the ropes, we really didn't know what to expect. Um, what were dads looking for? What would be helpful to them? What, what was just kind of chaff in the wind that was useless to them? And, and, uh, and so that were probably some of the first hurdles we were trying to jump through. This is um, Louise here. I mean, the other piece too is that around about 2006, so after the program had gone for about nine or 10 years and the focus had been on young dads with this definition of being a father's under 25, um, the staff were talking about, and we were actually hearing it from dads themselves, a real frustration about why when they were 28 uh, and still feeling like they were struggling with some parenting stuff to do with their younger children, that they couldn't similarly um, receive services. And we had been sort of allowing guys that we knew of who kind of had grown with the program right now or on their second or third child to join us, but we were always feeling like we were somehow quite not meeting really the intention of the original funding, which was for young dads. So we approached Ministry of Children and Families and just said to them, well, your mandate is for children zero to six. What if we actually take the age restriction off the father and place it on the child? Um, and as long as we're sort of confident that we're still supporting the parent, but really seeing the benefit in the child having and father involvement, would you be willing for us to kind of continue but broaden ourselves so that we're not so stuck just on, and we'll still make it a primary con uh, focus of mm -hmm. the young guys, but not restrict ourselves. And that just, um, and they were really appreciative of that insight and said, okay, well, sure, you know, uh, you know, let it happen and, and let's see how it goes. And that, that just changed everything because as soon as we did that, it meant that um, we, were, we were meeting dads and dads were joining our program who, by their own sense of, of need, were, were coming to our door and some had mental health issues, some had addiction issues, some were just guys just at the front end of parenting and and we're not so much vulnerable, but seeing themselves as needing just some father-specific support. So it has, we have evolved, um, but we've been fortunate. The, the community of our funders and the community itself has really kind of um, allowed us to guide a little bit where we see a need and kind of um, moving with the need. So. Mm -hmm. Can you, um, I don't know, Ed, can you share anything, you know, some of the challenges that dads face, that, you know, the, the dads that you're seeing here, uh, are there particular things that that, uh, that keep coming up with you know across the spectrum for different dads challenges and obstacles they face? I think something like Ed here. Um, one of the things they all face, and it's very common, is they're simply not sure what it means to be a dad or what they should be doing as a dad. Mm -hmm. um, you see, uh, many of them have an incredible. Uh, attraction to their children and a strong desire to be a dad and you know whether because of the modeling in their upbringing or whatever the you know, various causes may be don't really know where to go with it but no lack of desire and of course in a program that's a real plus for us because sometimes you find yourself trying to create desire and we don't have to do that the guys we run into want to be dads we simply don't know how mm -hmm. and that's gone over the age range I mean we've had dads from 16 to 68 mm -hmm. and uh very, very similar. They um, would like to be better, better dads. And uh, that's um, probably the main thing. Not knowing where to go with it. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes also a strong sense of not feeling supported. Um, mm -hmm. Common thing people will say is, well, there's so many programs for women. And uh, they don't know what the women are doing in those programs or, <laughs> or anything like that. But just this sense of um, they're getting help. Mm -hmm. We're not getting help. Mm -hmm. um, 
a bit like Jeff talked about at the beginning of the program around the school, um, nobody was working with the dads. And so even just that sense of them being recognized, like, yes, you're worth working with, and right. you think that your um, connection with the child is worth supporting. Uh, and that's a great encourager as well. A lot of them uh, also feel quite alone in their what they may see as, as a battle of, of moving forward in their in, in being a father and a dad. And a lot of the times what we've seen is that just getting them together with other dads in the same room as another dad, watching another dad in action, um, so much um, freedom comes out of that for them. Um, you know, it's, it's almost feels like a lot of us men feel like we're the only person in the world dealing with this challenge or this obstacle we're trying to overcome. And when suddenly we realize, oh, there's other guys that are walking the same road. Um, that's really freeing. And, and we watch it time and again as these men come together and, and make other friendships and watch a dad in action and say, I'm going to try that strategy or oh, I'm sure as, as heck I'm going to do it like that with my kid. And that, that's how learning happens for men. And I watch a lot of freedom come out of that with these men. Nice. Well, so, you know, after the, the program has gone through many, many stages and, and growth, uh, after 15 years, why now to, to evaluate? Why was that decision made? The, one of the things that we've had the good fortune of, um, of our experience here is that uh, we've had a lot of flexibility in sort of um, putting our heads together, listening to what the fathers are saying, taking staff expertise, and then sort of accommodating what we think is a need by um, creating some programming and then trying to get feedback and try, you know just sort of continuing to kind of always feel like we're sort of a bit of on a front edge. There's obviously been a lot of literature that's helped to support that we're on the right track and stuff. But on the on the ground level, on the practice level, we haven't had a lot of other programs and colleagues that we can immediately go to and say, okay, what are you guys seeing? Or does this make sense to you and stuff like that. So the Vancouver Foundation um, was quite interested in supporting us to see if we actually were on the right track. I mean, a piece that we, we felt pretty confident. We were, we've always had a, a strong draw to our programs. We have often received really positive feedback. We do receive really positive feedback from the dads involved and from our referring sources as well. But that just didn't feel quite complete enough. And there was an interest in sort of formalizing a little bit of an evaluation and, and just trying to have someone fairly thoroughly over a three-year period really take a look at what we think we're doing and what we actually are doing and checking in um, independently with some of the fathers who participate in our programs and really in confirming that what, again, we thought we were providing as value to them was actually the value that, mm -hmm. that it was. And so it... Um, We've actually been quite grateful for the process. It's it's been a real interesting learning process um, for us to kind of recheck ourselves why mm -hmm. we're doing things mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but um, but that was the genesis of it. It was was the fact that yeah, it had been fifteen years. We'd been kind of flying a little bit by the seat of our pants and in, in how we had developed it, mm -hmm. and it was time for just someone else to come in and independently say, actually, well, good news, <laughs> you're, doing, mm -hmm. you're doing what you thought you were doing. Mm -hmm. So that was the. Well, one thing that, um, that did come out uh, of the evaluation was that uh, recruitment rates are, are rising, that there are a lot of guys coming into to the, the program, um, but the retention is declining. Mm -hmm. So can you guess at all on, on what's happening there? Are the, you know, are the dads are coming in and getting something valuable and they don't need to stay 
in the program a long time, or do you have a sense of what that that means? I think we're doing a better job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one of the things we're quite aware of is that we, we don't want to make these dads dependent on us. Mm-hmm. Like we're the source of everything, they need to come to us for all their support. And we, we really try to connect them with one another and connect them with the community. And uh, you know, I, we believe it, we think we see that working. Um, so when they come in, a lot of times we're able to redirect them, refer them. I mean, we don't have all the expertise and uh, refer them out into the community again. And uh, a lot of times they get what they need in that process and they don't come back. Or they come for a few sessions, they do one a family justice session or come to one anger and group and feel that they've um, got what they want. A lot of them come back a little later down the road, mm-hmm. which is, is always, I think, I think that feels good when that happens. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't see it as a bad. I, mean, I don't see it as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of programs base their effectiveness on people coming through their door and sticking around. And and for a lot of you know uh, programs out there, that would be a you know a safe bet. The more and more we learn about how dads operate and how men think and how they they go out and actually access help, um, we're starting to see that they come. And like I had said, they'll come in and they'll they'll grab what they need. They'll assess it. Take what they need out of it, and uh, and then disappear back into you know their uh, their routine, and uh, and again, like Ed said, we find it affirming when you know these fellows disappear. Uh, you hope they've got what they're looking for, um, and then they reappear six months, eight months, a year later, and and you get to see that that the growth and the maturity that that has happened, and uh, and some of the steps they took from what they whatever information or referral that they received from you back in the time. And uh, so the evaluation has served its purpose in saying that that's, that's okay. That's mm-hmm. actually to have an expectation of guys coming in and uh, sticking around and being with you for a long term, you know, maybe that's not what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. It does sort of fit with a, the, the, the sense that, that men generally do, you know, want concrete, you mm-hmm. know, support. They want to get some information. They want, you know, something to... to come to and, and learn something and, and take something away and then you know work on it mm-hmm. in their own lives they, they don't necessarily need this same ongoing um, support but uh, I don't know I mean you must have both ends of the, the spectrum do you find there are guys that do stay for a long time and, and appreciate that I mean, our, our stats are suggesting about 30% of our fathers are retained year to year. Mm. So we're working right now with a roughly about 300 dads. So the, oh. of, of 100 dads sort of continuing on, um, that's, that's one piece of it. So although retention rates yeah, often aren't as high when you compare them to either mothering-type programs mm-hmm. or other sort of more standardized programs, um, and this is, again, us being a bit on the front end, we're, we see these patterns and we're not entirely sure what the what the explanation is and the evaluation unfortunately couldn't explore that really deeply so mm-hmm. we're still going on an assumption that that is um, not a weakness so much as, as mm-hmm. it was suggesting a strength the other piece that I think too I look at and you know, compared against the recruitment and the recruitment's going up we're not as Abby dads we're not a highly sophisticated promoting branding machine mm-hmm. so our recruitment is actually a lot of word of mouth mm-hmm. a lot of referrals of dads telling dads or partners telling dads and stuff like that so I, I mean, I, the other way of interpreting that too is to think that perhaps this high recruitment is, is although not translating to retention, it is suggesting that people are willing to recommend to 
friends, that this is a program that may be of assistance to them. And to me, that hopefully then translates into into something meaningful, right? That mm-hmm. although retention isn't going to be the explanation, the recruitment almost is in the sense that it keeps generating new input. Mm-hmm. And and I guess one of the one of the findings in the evaluation, uh, it took us a lot of years to get uh, recruitment to a place where it almost took care of itself. Mm-hmm. And that uh, there was enough trust and rapport in the community that uh, that we we don't really have a challenge now so much around uh, getting dads to come knocking at our door. Um, but it took a lot of years to get that. And I guess to other programs out there that are mm-hmm. on the, on the front mm-hmm. end of things, um, you're gonna have to put a lot of your work into recruitment. Mm-hmm. And with the dream, knowing down the road that 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 will be a snowball that begins to to roll on its own. But uh, but it was we weighted ourselves very heavily on that in the, in the first few years, it was, all, it was a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you're right that a lot of, of other dad programs do find that frustrating and, and mm-hmm. discouraging to, you know, that it seems to take forever for there to be a, a flow of, of people coming in. Well, and I think too, at this point, if we had the retention, um, we would be in trouble. <laughs> right. <laughs> we really know what we would do with everybody. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure. And in that sense, maybe we get better at working with people. We do more group work hmm. rather than individual. And we're, we probably are, whether consciously or not, doing things a little differently too because we mm. know that we can't have everybody move in. That's right. true. Uh, That's a good point. We just don't really have a capacity. Sure. Well, one thing that was interesting in, in the evaluation was that, that both dads and partners are looking for couples oriented programming was that something you were surprised to to hear about did you sort of know that and is that something you're going to or you have an idea of, of moving toward <laughs> um, we we liked the idea of couples programming um, and we probably in some informal ways have dabbled in it with our you know summer softball and mm. uh, yeah, some softball for sure, uh, and barbecues, but you know, which are co-ed. Um, where that comment came to me really was in relation to anger awareness. Um, some of the moms thinking that they were learning it one way, the dads were learning it another way, and maybe it'd be better to learn it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea of having a lot of angry moms and dads in one room is a little bit scary mm-hmm. when you first think of that. So, mm-hmm. But I, I'm not saying we hesitate for that reason. I think really we just haven't... Um, we're busy and we don't really have the funding to expand so mm-hmm. uh, it's something we would have to reach out and do but uh, I would say for my part anyway it's definitely an interest in it mm-hmm. not sure exactly what it would look like sure. but um, yeah why why not mm-hmm. we've we've yeah, I'd agree with Ed that that we've definitely seen it as uh, a perceived need from our clients from a lot of the dads have, have talked about you know that as being kind of a, 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 another step that we could take and, and certainly a lot of the moms from the young parent program have asked about uh, something that they could do together. Um, I've seen myself a little bit in some of the dads' drop-ins we do when we host, uh, say, on a Monday night, dads and kids at play, have a dad come out uh, with with his kids and mom in tow. And it's been neat to watch um, almost uh, mom be the tag-along partner mm-hmm. as opposed to a lot of the times mom is attending and dad kind of gets dragged along or, or comes mm-hmm. as a uh, either a willing or unwilling participant. But it's been neat to see dad be the primary person there and mom kind of being the one that kind of feels out of place mm-hmm. um, but but her to watch just to watch her kind of 
watch her partner in action. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got a taste of it. Uh, I, I certainly we'd like to explore it more, but uh, just not. It's not something that's on the books yet. Well, and if I can just add in too, actually, and, and again, in speaking to programs that are perhaps trying to find ways to start incorporating some fathering pieces with limited funding and stuff, two of the co-ed things that actually have been very successful and um, one of which was somewhat unintentional in how it developed as a co-ed offering was Best for Babies, which is the mm -hmm. federally funded um, prenatal CPMP program where we... Um, had uh, Jeff actually start as a co-facilitator in that program. It was an all-women's, essentially, you know, prenatal nutrition program and saw dads come to the program because of a, a feeling of um, some support and recognition of another guy being in the room. Um, and nobody's perfect. We offer always co-facilitation of male and female um, staff. And so our whole staff group here, Ed, Jeff, and then our two um, women's staff on the, on the Young Parent Program are all Nobody's Perfect facilitators. So we just keep mixing and matching, but we always make sure we have a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. And that makes those co-ed, mm -hmm. again, not necessarily promoted as co-ed, but they invariably become co-ed because mm -hmm. the, both, both types of parents, both gendered parents, sure. um, see recognition. And the third thing is then we offer things like family justice sessions, which mm -hmm. are sponsored by Abby Dads, but open to both mothers and fathers. Right and money skills, which is a budgeting thing. So we do it in that way. I think what what the feedback we're getting, the evaluation, as Ed was suggesting, some of the very sort of difficult life skills stuff, like anger, mm -hmm. um, and the moms seeing such improvement from the fathers mm -hmm. around their way of understanding it and grasping it, and, and really hankering for some similar kind of growth. And so they're thinking, well, if I can do my anger with the dad's yeah. program, maybe I'm going to see the same thing. But as yeah. Ed pointed out, that actually gets a bit more complicated. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, that, that, it's, it's good you mentioned the, the family justice um, programs that you've done because I, I sort of remember when, when you were getting those rolling and, and really um, it sounded like such a good, you know, good thing to tackle. And, it, you know, you tried it out for a little while and mm -hmm. seemed to be successful, right? you know, early on, and, and uh, it does seem to be something that people are asking for. It, there there mm -hmm. is a real demand for it. So um, do you think that can be expanded? Is there, there more to do in that, that area still? It's a large area, um, mm -hmm. ongoing. Uh, probably, I would say, definitely there's more that could be done there. Um, the, what we do really right now ha has two phases. Uh, we have the family justice session where we have a, 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 lawyer, a judge from family court, a sitting judge, and a practicing family lawyer, family justice counselor, uh, FMEP, outreach worker, occasionally a family therapist. Mm -hmm. We kind of bring them all into one room, each one, like a banquet room, each one sits at a table. And then as the um, people who have registered come in, we put them at the various tables. And uh, when the session opens, they get to address their questions to the um, expert at the table they're sitting at right. and after I, I say it's a bit like speed dating after a mm -hmm. number of minutes we'll kind of blow the whistle and switch the tables sure. and so by the end of the evening everybody has sat at every table and has talked with everybody they wanted to right. um, and people are just very happy with it mm -hmm. um, many people come out of it uh, saying that they, they had all their questions answered they got everything they needed hmm. uh, and everybody says they got a lot of what they needed mm -hmm. So when you think when you can bring that much happiness to 20 or 30 or <laughs> occasionally 40 people right. in one evening, uh, it's yeah. going to be a good thing. Yeah. And so that's something that works well and you know probably should should continue to go on as long as the 
various experts in the community are prepared to help because obviously yeah. we can't do that on our own. And, and it's been phenomenal. I mean, yeah. we've had basically the same panel of people um, since the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, just phenomenal volunteering and commitment. Mm -hmm. So that's great. And we're hoping, you know, that we have one coming up again at the end of March. And we're hoping we can keep doing that on, on some scale. It gets smaller and it gets bigger and that's okay. Uh, definitely a community need. The thing that goes along with that, kind of hand-in-hand, hand, is one-to-one -one work. Mm. Usually with the dad, um, it seems that mums are a little better served in the family justice system in terms of being able to find help. And many of the dads feel very isolated mm. and uh, quite lost. So the one-to-one the -one piece of, of following up, certainly not with every dad that was in the session, and you can get their answers and they move on or they get their referrals, but uh, lots of them need help after the session or some don't make it and, and they come to us you know, first off for assistance. And it can, it can be with filling out paperwork or simply trying to tiptoe them through the system, find the next referral for them, right. find the point of entry for them where they can get going, or, or sometimes just spend time and listen. Right. Um, because you know, obviously a lot of them are not going to get what they want. If they want mm -hmm. full custody. That's a long a long road, and, and many of them are not going to get there, and mm -hmm. that's not going to happen. But we, we still would like them to become better dads. Mm -hmm. That's what we're all about. Mm -hmm. right. I was just thinking over the... Over uh, last my last week and the, the three or four phone calls that I got from from dads calling in to say you know I want to I, I really desperately want to see my daughters over spring break and uh, I'm gonna need some help figuring that out or um, I we just split up from my partner uh, a lot of the times it it hasn't been so much I mean a lot of them have an end goal of, of getting access or custody but for a lot of them it's been changing my own you know mentality for these guys just to feel like they've had the opportunity to try every avenue that they've that they put out, you know, uh, their resources and they've put time into pursuing their kids. For a lot of them, um, the one thing they're chasing is to to have time with their kids. Whether or not that actually occurs, um, we've been able to watch them mature mm -hmm. and uh, become you know more connected to their community and to to feel their self esteem has grown. And, and so a lot of the times that is kind of some of those unintended benefits that come out of family justice working and pursuing, you know, all of these different leads for their children. Um, whether or not access and custody increases uh, for them, um, we always hope that, that they get a chance, um, you know, to, to increase that. But a lot of the times it has these unintended benefits for them as well. One thing that uh, was interesting, I'm sure people would, would like to read in the evaluation is are the recommendations, you know, that's always the... The, the way things become real to, to other people and, and what they might um, take out of, out of a, a report like that. And uh, a lot of the ones that were in the, the evaluation talked about trying to get, you know, keep as much of the, the programming that you've got going and, and possibly even, um, you know, increasing or, or expanding. But of course, funding is an issue for, for everybody in social services and, and it, you know, over the years, fathering programs have always been, you know, scrambling to, to keep up funding mm -hmm. and, and certainly now more than ever, I think. Um, do you have a sense of, of where things are going with that and, and do you have any kind of strategies that, that have worked well when, you, you know, funding is is up in the air or reduced that, um, you know, any strategies that would help other programs to, to make do with, with less or to, you know, where to look for funding or that kind of thing? Um, I, I wouldn't say we have, um, 
yet settled on a, a miracle path on any of that kind of piece, the funding piece. I, I do think, though, I would, again, encourage if, if there are others in the province who are really trying to um, get something established around fathering. We've, we've found within our community, um, the Ministry of Children and Family Development has been actually very supportive of allocating some specific dollars to, to fathering. And that has been... Um, I mean, it's, it's been more than significant. It's been foundational in, in ensuring that we can always uh, have some basic offerings for our, um, for our program. Uh, the next piece then becomes in terms of grants. Um, and we've had some real success with getting sort of two, three-year sort of funding um, because there is actually quite a large interest we're finding in the recognition that fathers have not often been served well. Um, in terms of some of this programming and stuff, um, but it is—it's tricky. It's like with you know, you're in a competition, and, and it is still short-term funding. So um, we just keep plugging away on that kind of piece. The other um, thing that we've really been pushing and have had some success, a lot of success with actually, is collaborating with other agencies. And um, Jeff can likely spend a bit of time just talking about. Parks and Recreation, because um, within the city, the, that has been a, quite a successful one where we've actually not had to invest a lot of staff time, but the sort of leveraged time that we have um, has translated into a really successful program where Parks and Recreation themselves are now really pursuing an interest in um, fathers as a target mm -hmm. for their programming, which um, is huge. Because mm -hmm. part of our role is not just, obviously, as Ed was suggesting before, to serve just those that show up here. But in fact, to try and, and change the whole attitude of Abbotsford in, in one way um, towards recognizing dads as a, as a significant client base when it talks about you know, parenting and children and child development. And stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. A couple of the, uh, I guess, the evaluation recommendations that stuck out to me. Uh, number one, I found myself surprised, and yet when I look at our programming, it makes sense that fee-for-service... Uh, fee-for-service system in, inside of fathering can actually work. That's surprising. We always thought mm -hmm. that it had to be uh, completely covered by grants. As long as the dads perceive value in what they're doing, um, many times they're willing to uh, to be share part of the burden of the cost of that. Uh, as Louise mentioned with our Parks and Rec, um, another recommendation that came out that uh, really seemed to uh, jive and connect with where we were going, building strategic partnerships increases your impact in your community exponentially. And uh, we found ourselves shifting a little bit from directly mentoring other men uh, as fathers to almost mentoring other staff and mm -hmm. teaching other agencies, who are the stakeholders and agencies out there that are already connecting with some of these families, how can we teach them and, and get them excited about uh, encouraging fathers to participate and so we've uh, uh, Abbotsford Parks and Recreation has been uh, a place that is, has jumped in the ring for that and, and really been uh, a real proponent and uh, other other agencies that we've been working on here in Abbotsford as well what can we do to encourage them to, to take up the mantle of fathering and uh, teach some of their staff and then let them go and almost uh, you know, work ourselves out of a job if we can get some of those other agencies rolling and mentoring them and then uh, let them go. Uh, another thing, the uh, another recommendation, uh, get fathers congregating together and mentoring will take place. And, and so again, a lot of what we're doing already, but dads learn by watching other dads in action. Uh, get them together, get them, uh, 
get them talking, get them sharing space with other kids, and a uh, mentoring takes place there. Um, my last one that stuck with me, uh, second last one, sorry, be willing to use volunteers and community champions. So it's something we haven't explored fully here at Abbey Dads yet, but uh, uh, certainly something we've, we've dreamed about and uh, we will be exploring in the future. And, and last, do what you can to maximize your online presence, whether that's your website, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, uh, emailing, texting, uh, spend some time thinking of how that uh, can kind of, uh, again, exponentially uh, increase your retention and get your presence out there in the community. I think the online presence is, is important, but I'm kind of our low-tech guy here, so um, there's also a community presence. We've done a little bit of work in, in figuring out where to put our posters, where to mm -hmm. put our brochures, right. uh, where do dads go, and uh, it's been quite interesting. Libraries are good. Um, gyms are good, uh, Starbucks is good, mm -hmm. you know, just some time into finding out where the dads go in your community. That way when we have an event, yes, we put it out online and also we go around town and we nail up brochures and uh, I think we're doing pretty good. There's certain places where we always pretty much get hits mm -hmm. and uh, it just means one, people are out there looking and two, our job is just to find out how to get our message in front of them. And actually, I, you know what, the piece I just want to add in both sort of um, earlier comments that both Ed and Jeff have made, uh, and one of these pieces that was a surprise, is the family justice sessions that we've done. As Ed has mentioned, we've had this incredible um, ex professional buy-in in terms of the, the judge and the lawyer and stuff. But the piece that we hadn't anticipated was how the judge and the lawyer have both reflected on their own shift in how they have often looked at fathers mm -hmm. within their own practices mm -hmm. and then also how we have heard since then that they've actually referred people that have come up in front of them or have presented to them um, to our programming so you know again back to the collaboration mm -hmm. back to us looking you know funding obviously is key because um, you know we're so fortunate to have expert staff and we want to retain them but I think part of what we've also been trying to recognize is that um, we can give up some of these services to mm. other places that actually are well served to do it. We just need to encourage them to realize mm. what it is to do that work. So, well, well, that's uh, that's wonderful. I certainly encourage our our listeners and our website uh, viewers to to get the uh, to download the the evaluation, the report. I know it's on your on the Abbey Dad's mm -hmm. website as well, um, and certainly lots of good information and ideas for other programs to mm -hmm. just to, to absorb and, and think about and, and your comments here are really um, I'm sure useful for people to to think about and, and put in perspective of, of other programs that are out there so just want to thank you very much for uh, for being here and, and, uh, and sharing uh, your time and, and the uh, information about the the evaluation and um, again uh, for the folks that are listening encourage uh, them to to come abbydads.ca mm -hmm. to, to read more about the, the programs that are out here and, and to read the report and uh, keep uh, in touch with with us at the BC Council for Families about other research and, and work that is being done around fathering support and uh, for now thanks for listening thank you David thanks that wraps it up for this episode of Voices of Family. 
Check the BC Council for Families website next month for another episode on the latest in family services at www.bccf.ca. To keep our series relevant and engaging to family service professionals, we're listening to your feedback from the listener survey located on the Learning Network webpage below the podcast player. Let us know your thoughts on this episode and tell us who you'd like to hear interviewed. Thanks and see you next time.